Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we are watching Coming to America. Not its sequel, Coming to America, because they did that thing where they use a number instead of a a letter. Uh, But no, we are watching Coming to America, the first one from 1988 on the occasion of its 35th birthday. Joining me as always, we have someone who's seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film... It's Jason Doley. Hey. <laughs> question mark. It was more shocked that it's like you've not seen this film, Jason. No, no, I haven't. I've um, come to realize, I think, after you invited me on this, that late 80s, early 90s comedies is a real weak spot of mine. Like, I am born late 80s, early 90s, mm. so there's that. Mm. And then I think even within that, I don't know whether I liked dramas and you know more thrillers and stuff like that or my parents did and so Mm. when we were watching things it was more that and the comedies for me were more like Mm. um aladdin and like the actual more kids things as well so i tend to watch the more serious things and so i just kind of avoided things like um coming to america or breakfast club or Mm. wayne's world which was a good thing in the end yeah well well wayne's world too definitely (laughs) yes um excellent so what are you expecting from coming to america um i really don't know i'm I'm expecting jokes about africa Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i'm expecting james l jones yes that's correct um i said before this i was expecting wesley snipes from what pictures i've seen but Mm. apparently that might not be correct i can't remember that wesley Wesley snipes Snipes. being in this film Mm. but he could be he could be possibly (laughs) there's a lot of people it's like oh wow they're in this and it's like really early in their career Uh, um but yes we'll we'll get to them as as the film as we do progresses uh well we do have someone who has seen the film before and joining us to watch coming to america it's dr ellen sears hi uh hello dr ellen um you have seen coming to america i have in a vague non-spoilery sort of way what is this film about um, it's actually, it's, it's weird. It's weird that you actually mentioned Aladdin because it's not entirely dissimilar to that. It's but it's kind of the other way around. It's a it's Eddie a, Murphy finds a Eddie, genie. Ed, Ed, no, oh, because to be a normal, yeah. No, genie no. finds Eddie Murphy. Ah. That's the reverse Aladdin. There we go. No, um, Eddie Murphy is a prince of a um African nation, which I can't remember the name of, but I think it's a made up one. It is a made-up one. And yes. he decides that he's going to... Fictionesia. Yeah, kind of. Mm. Um, and he decides that he's going to go to America to get some worldly life experience. And it goes interestingly. So it's basically Black Panther, Jason. Just oh, like, yeah, yeah. I was even just going, like... It's basically just... This is the 1980s version of Black the Panther. The 1980s comedy version, yeah. <laughs> Except a he doesn't bit. have superpowers. And or, no, yeah. no, none of that cool, interesting, like, Afrofuturism. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. I'm, yeah. af- I'm afraid it's... A, it's it's a, Afropastism. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's, af- it's, yeah, 80s. Yeah, Hello, it's, 1980s. it's yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. Um, but but yeah, I would have watched this because of my brother actually. Oh, yeah? Ah, because he used to tape a lot of stuff off the TV. We had it. We had this on VHS. We taped it off the telly at some point, and he must have been watching it. And I was like, I'll watch this too. I don't actually remember when I first watched it. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> definitely watched that VHS mm. recording a bunch so, of times on heavy rotation with things like Major Pain and yes, Princess definitely. Bride. Yeah. No, not Princess Bride. Oh really? No, I didn't see Princess Bride until like only a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. We, we, was it at Stephen's 
hundredth episode. No, podcast it was before? no, it was before that, but yeah. that was like only the second time I think I'd seen it. Okay, maybe. well, well, I'll, well, I'll redact Princess Bride, but Major Pain. Yeah, certainly. Major Pain. Lots of those kind of comedy films from the um, Men in Tights. We had taped mm, off right. the TV. Okay, um, there was like a whole bunch of stuff, but like whatever he used to tape off the TV, I used to watch. Beverly Hills Cop. No, not really. Um, but also like when he was watching like horror movies and stuff that I shouldn't have been watching as a child, like mm. Predator and like Aliens <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, Dante's Peak, which gave me nightmares. Lots of things mm. that gave me nightmares. But also one of our highest rotation VHS tapes, um, which was not taped off the TV, was Jurassic Park, which scared the bejesus out of me. But mm. I loved it so much. Mm. But yeah, this this me me knowing this film is entirely my brother's fault. I'm yeah. gonna throw him under the bus and say it's his fault. So yes, fault. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make me sound so great about watching this film. Uh, well, well, was it was it getting in the way of you watching The Last Unicorn as a child? Um, no, because we we had a lot of tapes. We had a lot of tapes. We used to get a lot of tapes like for Christmas and stuff like mm. that. Did like, you have a lot of tape players? That's the key question. Yeah. You've, you... you've been to my childhood home, Stephen, and you've <laughs> yes. met my parents, especially but, my dad. True, but but the dear listeners maybe haven't. So yeah, <laughs> no. Well, okay, we, we we had the one kind of main TV, and then they upgraded, and my brother got the old TV, which was one of the big old box TVs, mm-hmm. and it was about that time that we got a second VCR player because when we we had a really old one, and then we got a Panasonic one, I think. Mm. Um, but we only had one for a while, and I know this because my dad. Reprogrammed, you know this story, Stephen. Mm-hmm. My dad reprogrammed the VCR once, and I still have not forgiven him for it because I can't remember what I was trying to tape off the TV. But I had it set up to record something for me. We went over to my grandparents for dinner. We came back, and I went to check and make sure that it recorded properly, and it recorded the wrong channel. I'm like, that's so weird. Like, what's happened? And Dad came over and was like, "Oh, it taped my thing," and I was like, "What do you mean it taped your thing?" He had literally taken my tape out replaced it with his mm-hmm. and then reprogrammed the whole thing. And I was like, I had a program in there. Mine was all programmed, ready to go. Mm. And he was like, oh, I didn't even notice. I was but I'm like, not bitter about it. Yeah. I am still <laughs> bitter. There's, I'm, I'm bitter about like petty things, like small petty things like that from my childhood. This episode of Tales of Technology from <laughs> yeah. yesterday uh, was brought to you from Dr. Ellen Sears from but the honestly, time when VHSs existed. But honestly, like children today will never know the pain of coming home and realizing that somebody else has... Pre, re- reprogrammed the VHS player. No, well, and you recorded know. something else off the television that you really wanted to watch. And yeah, like, no! they'll, they'll never know that pain. They may have to live in a world without a sustainable environment. But you know, yeah. <laughs> swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, with all that being said, and the mood thoroughly and lifted, all oh. that being said, <laughs> shall we watch Coming to America? Yeah, let's yes. do it. Okay, for those of you listening at home, <laughs> pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare. To get some takeout from McDowell's as we watch yes. Coming to America. Oh, I love you. And another thing my dad did. <laughs> I actually have a lot of stories. I know. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Coming to America. That's Coming to America, not Coming to America. Uh, and I'm joined once again by my special guests, Dr. Ellen Sears. Hello. And Jason Dolly. Hello. Jason, that was your first time watching Coming to America. Yep. What, what did you think? Um, it, it was good. It was, it was fine, I think, is probably <laughs> a description. That's it probably was, a good way of putting it. Yeah. It was not as bad as Wayne's World. 
No. No. Okay, Wayne's World 1 or Wayne's World 2? Both. Oh, okay. I've come to, I've come to realise that maybe Wayne's World 1 was... A, like, Wayne's World 2 was worse than Wayne's World 1. Mm-hmm. But it was funnier to rile up Tegan by pretending 2 was funny. Yes, that's true. So <laughs> if you're listening, Tegan, I apologise. I'm expecting an email or a message at one point. Cause She'll just come and beat you up at work one day. She will at yeah. some point, yeah. yeah. We do. We work in close enough buildings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but this, you'd say, was a step above Wayne's World. Yes, okay. I would. I think it was... I think it was good. Like, it was longer than Wayne's World mm-hmm. by I can pretty remember about 20 minutes. It felt it's, longer. It's pretty, it it's, longer. It's pretty slow for a comedy film from this time period because a lot of them are quite yeah, snappy and, and really going along at quite yeah, a decent I clip. Feel it's, like, I feel like with a, with a different script or a more modern take on it, you could do this one in almost an hour. Yeah. Um, I think they do take a long time to really get you to like Akeem. Yeah. And it's... It just, and I think it does work to a better extent than it does. Um, I think it was quite good. I actually quite felt mm. happy and like I felt for Akeem by the end of it. You're Even like, by oh. the middle of it, I was kind of into him. Like it's like, yeah. okay, he likes these things. He's he's remarkably well written for a character from yeah. the 80s as well. Mm. Like it's mm. he's got a lot of... Oh yeah, this is fine. There's still some eighty sensibilities all in there, but overall, yeah. you're like, yeah, he's he's okay. He understands. He's more thoughtful than an idiot. Yeah. He's not so. Yeah, he's not horrific. He's not a mm. bad person, despite being royalty. And yeah, mm-hmm. compared, compared to a lot of other comedy films from the eighties, I look at this and I'm like, yeah, there's like a few jokes in there that I'm like. Mm. That hasn't aged super well, but it's not like some films that we've watched from this time period where it's like, oh no, yeah, oh no, yeah. No. In, t- in terms of the fish out of water going to New York, a lot less issues with this than say Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, yes. Uh, for example, there wasn't an entire scene devoted to a transphobic joke in this film. <laughs> they had a throwaway. They had a throwaway. Arsenio Hall uh, credited as ugly lady, ugly lady. Um, mm. but that was you know for for a film from this time period. Uh, Practically supportive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would say that this prob- this film probably had more more misogyny than racism in it. Mm. Oh, for sure. Like there was a lot. Yeah. Oh, misogyny. Yeah, in it. the royal penis is clean, sir. Like, yeah, just, so, oh, here we go. Well, like even that, or well, even just. Well, it's yeah. interesting because it, 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 I think obviously it, it's a really interesting film in terms of how it talks about class. Like there is a big criticism on of of class and mm. and yeah. of. Um, you know, you have Akeem who is essentially rebelling against his status. He, yeah. is twenty-one. You know, he's he's living this life of luxury where, he's as you never say, never wiped his own ass. Never wiped his own ass. The royal penis is clean. Gets said to him in the first few minutes of this film. You know, he's living the life that his father, um, Mufasa, or <laughs> yeah, it's James Earl Jones. Yeah, Joffrey. Uh, yeah, King Joffrey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, bad kings called Joffrey. Yeah, no, mm. I think he was technically King. Um, yeah, Mufasa, Jaffrey. Darth Vader, Jaffrey. King, yeah. King, 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 Darth Vader. Mufasa. Yeah, King, yeah. Yeah, James Earl Jones. Do not says, alert him to my presence. Yes, <laughs> James Earl Jones has basically gone. This is the life you obviously want, and yeah. Akeem has gone. I, I don't think it is, mm. and so he then goes to America to discover if it is, and he discovers that yeah, um, I, I don't want everything picked for me. Mm. Um, he, I want I want the chance to choose. He still ultimately chooses to go back and be, still be the prince yeah. because he gets to marry who he wants, mm. but. Um, he also I mean, he doesn't know that until literally she's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 like the the choices that he makes when he's in America are all geared around 
you know, living his own life and living for himself. But yeah. we also know he was never cut off financially. Like he never truly experienced poverty. The, well, the, the he was his enforced one, and it mm. seemed fine enough. But he was always supported in that. Like, yeah, he, it was. I'm going for the yeah. worst. I'm going for the worst. Was, and yeah, yeah, he was basically who the pulp song uh, "Common People" was about. <laughs> it's essentially he, he did William Shatner proud. You're right. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, but but yeah, he he goes to America and he experiences this fish out of water lifestyle thing. Mm. And I think it's quite interesting that you, yeah, you have these jokes on class and there is a lot of misogyny built into the, the Royal family structure, which mm. is oh, for sure. accurate. And <laughs> kind of just the America. It's like, here yeah. we are the, 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 um, like, you know, um, like the, what was it? The, not black, uh, black awareness. Yeah, black thing. awareness week. Yeah, so all right, cool. Starting with a bikini contest. Yeah, but and yeah. I th- but I think that's really interesting as well. Is in the middle of winter in, in New the middle York. of winter oh, yeah. in New York. Those poor ladies. It, it does feel as though there is a criticism of class structures and gendered class structures, even mm. though they're not front and center, mm. but they yeah. are a lot. And of a lot of the movie does uh, fall back on stereotypes. It mm. does, it, in it, way. but it's, it can... a, it's a comedy. Yeah. A lot of comedies do that, and mm. even in like. Um, the comparison between the sisters mm. where you've got one who's like the moral upstanding, you know, good smart one. one who's good. And then the, the, the slut for <laughs> lack of a better word, mm. the, you know, from, the one who's promiscuous yeah. and always trying to. The one who basically just behaves like a man her age. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly good for her. Yeah. Lydia Bennett. Yeah. Yes. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's um, kind of, yeah. yeah I, I, it, it is really interesting. The, the one thing I will say is this film is not very funny. It's it's humorous. It's humorous. Yeah. But, but, but it's w- not like a laugh out loud sort of yeah. like... Yeah. There's a lot of moments... Joke a minute. It was... Yeah. What do we say? Like, there's four good jokes. Yeah. And, and they are good jokes. And they're, yeah. to be honest, they're, they're, they're more jokes that make I can't you... remember them off the top of my head now. Yeah. The, the humour is more jokes that make you go... McDowell's made you laugh. Yeah. yeah. McDowell's... The first came yeah, up. the first McDowell's one <laughs> made me laugh. They have yeah. the Big Mac, we have the Big Mick. Yeah, there's, there's stuff like that. But it's all stuff that makes you go... See, that's a funny idea, as opposed yeah. to, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's weird how they've managed to create something that feels humorous without without laughing. Yeah, yeah. and I don't know whether or not I should be criticising <laughs> it for that. It's I got mean, a weird tone. Yeah, mm. I mean, there are films and things that can definitely do that. Like yeah. you can just sit there, just going, "This is clever." Like it's appreciative yeah. more than it is funny. Mm. Um, so no, I, I appreciated that, and I think, as I said, it's not. Yeah, it's not, it's, it is trying to be so much more, I think it realises very early on, it's like, okay, we've got to spend a lot of time making Akeem likeable, yeah. first off, like, because it is, for a while there, it's a dull Prince story, and then when he finally gets to America and you start mm. to see him react more, mm. but, I mean, also, I think every now and then it's like, oh, Oh, okay, Asinio Hall and Eddie Murphy are dressed up. I'll just, I'll just grip my teeth through. Yeah. This okay. So, so did you not enjoy their barbershop moments? Not really. No. <laughs> I, I must it say, just, it, it, I think it was just, it was so sketch showy about it too. Yeah. Um, that it just made me go, all right, where are we? What are we doing? Well, why why are is we this here? Yeah. yeah. Why, why we, are these characters yeah. here? Apart from this is fun for Eddie for Murphy them. Yeah, it was them the chance to do some more Saturday Night Live stuff. I wonder if it's just that it's a it's like a subset of comedy characters that we don't really get anymore, and so they're not part of our comedy culture. Mm. Like, like because mm. the the dynamic of the barbershop people was 
but big. There was a big dynamic there that I, I enjoyed watching, but I didn't yeah. find funny. It, yes. it, but it was, you know, and it was interesting, obviously, Eddie's playing against himself in that scene because he plays the lead barbershop guy. And the Yiddish guy. Uh, uh, yeah, and the, the Jewish guy. And obviously he's in very different prosthetics and playing these characters. And I think he plays them really well. Mm. But, and, you know, he's getting to do his fast talk and stand up Eddie Murphy bit as the barbershop guy. And then he gets yeah. to do like a bit of an accent as the Yiddish guy. And it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, Interesting, and it's certainly not, I think it's creepy, not badly done. The creepy preacher just stayed around far too freaking but that, That's long. just it. it. It almost feels a little bit like something like Little Britain, where you yeah. have yeah. you have yeah. you have which these is why we didn't laugh. <laughs> which is one hundred percent why we didn't well, laugh. Well, that's the thing. Like twenty years ago, when Little Britain was out, and I was a teenager, I watched Little Britain, and I did laugh. Yeah, I watched. I laughed at the first episode, but mm. then every other episode was the first episode again. Yeah, what? Well, yeah, the, mm. the further it went mm. on, the less it was like. <laughs> Oh, okay, and then the only things they had left were shock factor, and, yeah. and obviously you, you, and also Little Britain, very different in tone from Coming to America. <laughs> For example, mm. you can watch Coming to America now. Yeah, yeah. You probably can't go back and watch most of <laughs> Little Britain because of everything that was in it. Um, mm. But, but the. Um, yeah, that, that that whole thing that Eddie Murphy then made a name for himself in later films like uh, The Nutty Professor, mm. where he's playing multiple characters and he's got Big this Big House and... Yeah. What Nor- was that? Norbert. Norbert. Yeah. Which um, I haven't seen. Nutty Professor 2. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, like, it feels as though... I mean, this is the What's first the time What's the one where happened. he's a bunch of people inside his own head? Meet Dave. Meet Dave, yeah. Uh, where he's, yeah. Where he's, he's an... It, it, like, the Eddie Murphy is... A robot. It's just a robot spaceship. So it's like, in, so it's like Inside me. Out, but with a robot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more like, and, it, and it's Eddie Murphy. It's more like that episode of Doctor Who, The Impossible Astronaut. Yeah, oh, right, like yeah. They're, they're all aliens who all look like Eddie Murphy in his head, controlling right. the big Eddie yeah. Murphy. Yeah, a bit, a bit okay. like that. Um, look, I've also not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. never even it's heard of it, so clearly. Put it on the list. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, when we It's do, one of those ones that you go, okay, when Eddie Murphy dies. Yeah. I've seen the trailer. Yeah. I don't need to see the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. It, it did kickstart this thing of Eddie Murphy playing these multiple characters. Mm. Um, and <laughs> Which Mike Myers tried to do too. Yeah, and I think Mike Myers maybe did it better, in all honesty. Possibly. Well, well, maybe for, in other films. Oh. Maybe, maybe like before, as soon as Fat Bastard came along, it's like, okay, this is getting a little tougher. Yeah, I, I, but what I would say is, in this film, it feels out of place because yeah. the rest of the film feels like... Like an almost semi-serious it's, it's comedy. It's kind of heartwarming. Yeah, and it's like, mm. it is a really lovely story. The you know? tone is weird. Yeah. You want Akeem and Lisa to get together because mm. it's clear they have that connection. And oh no, James Earl Jones has turned up and said, yes. I forbid this marriage. And yes. it, it's almost Shakespearean in a sense. And not in the sense that it's... Yeah, it is quite, isn't it? Not in the <laughs> no. sense that it's like plunging the depths of the human soul and has beautiful poetry, but just yeah. in the sense, young people trying to get married with a forbidding father figure. Yeah, like, it, it, it's it, your Romeo and Juliet, so your, yeah. Yeah, your Hamlet, so your what it, have you. Yeah, it, it's that sort of like I said it's like story. the inverse of Aladdin where yeah. instead of you know him pretending to be the prince he's going the other way around and she's you all know, pride and prejudice yeah it's, it's, yeah it's all those kinds of things mistaken identity and why didn't you just tell me the truth and like yeah. all that kind of stuff and, and then like, to it have... never works out just don't there lie there was literally just an extra plot point to make it more like mm. yeah as you like it 1290 where it's like oh, I thought you were the prince no I wasn't the prince ah mm. ah yeah and then on top of that you add Eddie Murphy auditioning for The Nutty Professor. And yeah. that that's where it kind of breaks down a little bit. Sometimes you have those films where they add in the extra, like, comedy, almost the Zani characters. Yeah. And it really works. Um, like Hot, Hot Fuzz, yeah. where you've got the two cops who... The Bill Baileys. Yeah, the Bill Baileys that yeah. look like each other. Or you have the two other cops that are quite antagonistic for most of the film. Oh, uh, yeah, Rafe, um, Rafe Spall and um, yeah. Paddy Considine. Yeah. Who's now, like, the king in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what's really great about them, though, as compared to something like this is they are 
not in it a lot. Yeah. Like they're really reduced, so they have the impact. And they're also other actors. Yeah, and it's usually they do some things multiple times small in the background mm. as opposed to here we're going to spend 10 minutes zoomed up on, you know, the, the creepy pre- the creepy preacher. Yeah. And then the bad singer. And I feel like the, the preacher in particular doesn't necessarily work well simply because I feel like that is a character that has been done so much. Yeah. It mm. almost feels like a comedy character that's been retired. Possibly. And also, yeah. it's a comedy character of a culture that we don't have as much experience because yeah. we don't have oh, for sure. there's de- there's, style. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely aspects of this that I was like, this is not mm. for yeah. the three white people who are sitting here watching this. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there are certain so, cultural yeah. aspects and, here that and just. And it's not a criticism yeah. of the performances. No. Because no. I think, in particular, I think Arsenio Hall is really good in those those moments where he's not playing mm. his main character of um, Semi. Yeah. Uh, I actually quite like Semi. Yeah, I like Semi he, more he, than anything else. He's and, again, Semi, and, again, yeah. and again, he's he's the the like moral coin flip yeah. to... Um, he's a shitty Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, no, no, but it's the same thing with like Lisa and her sister. It's the same yeah. kind of thing, but flipped for them. It's yeah. like, well, why don't you just prove that you're rich? Or why don't you just sleep with everyone? Yeah, well, or, yeah. Or, or well, the people you want to. Yeah, well, Semi basically represents the attitude of... Um, where the of old his father traditions. and the old world, where he's of... like Zamunda. Zamunda. Thank you. Yep. Zamunda. We, we, we did go. spend the first like five minutes of this just being like, "This is just this is just Black Panther." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a little tra- There's a little bit of training montage. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of instead of, instead of the big flips. fight between the two friends being like, mm. yeah, it was just in a random gym as opposed to at the giant waterfall of yeah. destiny. Yeah, we, the we, 80s like. Opulence. Honest to God, if Killmonger had shown up, this would have been a very different film. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. That whole opulence of the like the, the 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 palace, like very eighties palace, and just the elephants just walking past outside. Yeah, just in the background, and, and then that like... zebra going past, <laughs> and the baby elephants. And just some just, giraffes, like, hey, what's giraffes, going on? Like, what's going on? So silly. Mm. It it's was. Just, it's just really silly. It, yeah. it it is quite silly, and like when we get to the bit that we want to see, which is the the person in the location they're not familiar with. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's that's where these sorts of films are most fun. Crocodile Dundee, transphobia aside, is yes. it most fun? When it's him not being transphobic yeah. in the city of when New York. When it's him on the back yeah, of the mountain, Yeah, it's, it's the joke, joke where he finds the guy the cocaine and then tries to like treat it like it's he's just got a cold. Yeah, so exactly. He, like, puts it in water and yeah, like gets his head over a towel. It's like that's funny. Yeah, and yeah. and like similar in this, like uh, like Akeem getting a job at a burger joint. Yeah, um, because he and wants, mopping floors. Yeah, like, you but know how to mop the to floors. Mop, yeah. It's like yeah. let's just get rid of the bucket. Yeah, yeah. it's going to confuse, confuse you too much. When you think of garbage, <laughs> think of a key, like that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's fun and it's really lovely to see. And um, yeah, the, the the story between him and Lisa, it's you know where it's going. Mm. You know as soon oh, as, yeah. you know as soon as you meet. Uh, a, a female character who is not in the bikini contest is the se- roughly the same. I originally thought it was the sister because she's the first one you meet out of the two. Oh yeah, that's true. Because yeah. she's yeah. the one who's like, oh, yep, yep, like serving and stuff like yeah. that. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. No, that's good. And then the other one gets up and has yeah. a speech. I'm like, but she's like, ah, oh, there she is. I'm the moral center of like what yeah. where modern American youth is. And you go right there. We go. That's- and then her terrible boyfriend, who's just red flag. McGee, yeah. yeah, like like buff Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. In that time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was with his greasy, greasy. I hair. must say, Daryl. I really like Daryl in this film, mostly because 
of just how much of a red flag he was. <laughs> and like the, the film. And that's the thing. He starts off like, I'm just really rich and like good looking. And I, you know, I'm an, I'm an actor. I'm a, like a male model kind of thing. Mm. And then next minute he's like, I'm going to be racist now. And then it's like, I'm going to be mean to homeless people. I'm going to yeah. be misogynistic. It's like, oh. And like, like oh, no. arranging an engagement with Lisa by only yeah. talking to her father and stuff like yeah. that. You know, by that point you're like, and, and you're going against our beautiful Akeem. I hate you, yeah. you stupid soul glow person. It's like those kind of things. It's like, you know, you're, you're the antagonist for all this. It's like, yeah, yeah but like, and what then if he, he, what if and he turns up with his flowers and <laughs> he just shuts the door on him. in his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh, she's about a prince. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's all beautifully played. I think everyone really understands where their characters sit in terms yeah, of. The assignment. Yeah. I but, always think about Liar Liar in terms of like, yeah. The, the like Carrie Ell's character in that. Yeah. Mm. Who is the, the rival, love rival and things like that. He's fine. Yeah. He's perfectly nice. Yeah. It's been a very long time since I've watched seen that Liar, one. Yeah, Liar. but that was one of the things about it. You're like, he's like, he hasn't even done anything bad by the end to no. make you just go, oh, He's just not no, Jim Carrey. He's just not Jim Carrey, and that's it. But yeah. also, he's meant to be the horrible one in yeah. that, too. Yeah. But, yeah. Whereas in this, yeah, yeah Daryl is like, oh, no, you are pretty horrible. Yeah, and you've, we've got to get to that point. It's yeah. Because like, it is mm. like, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine, and just racist at a basketball game. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and again, it was sort of like, One of the key impacts of this film and why it was so successful is it is a majority African-American cast. Mm. And to have the depiction of like one, to have an African-American man racially abusing an African man Mm. um, was, I think, really like a really good play on what would traditionally have been a white character abusing a person of color. Yeah, yeah. You could have given her a white boyfriend at some yeah. point. I, I think, yeah. I think having it being all part It makes of, it a lot more complex. Mm. Not, and not, not so much it makes it complex. It just represents of, yeah. what happens within communities that aren't white. Like, yeah. like you know, racism, racism comes in many colors, I think it's fair to say, <laughs> and many different yep. codes and many different forms of it. And it was really great to see in like a film from the late 1980s have this sort of like level of detail within it where mm. you can go that's something i've seen a hundred times in a hundred previous hollywood films but they would have had they would have made the person white yeah yeah and i i was just sort of like this is this makes it that bit more engaging and interesting simply because it's something that at that time you hadn't seen a lot of and to be perfectly frank it's something we don't, don't see a lot of mm. no it, it does happen in more films, but in terms of those big successful comedies, those tentpole films that everyone goes and sees, mm. we don't see it that frequently. Mm. And so it was just a really interesting wrinkle and a good, a good part of consistent storytelling mm. in terms of these are the stereotype characters. And even though they are being played by a, a group of largely African-American performers, you can still identify what's happening because yeah. it's good storytelling and good mm. acting. And it was just really lovely to see. And speaking of good uh, acting from African-American actors, Samuel L. Mother Jackson, everybody. <laughs> he just turns up with a gun, playing, shoots the ceiling. Literally, as I said, playing Tim Roth's character yeah. from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Not his character from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson very much uh, starting like as he bitch? meant to go on. <laughs> yeah, turned up with a shotgun, shoots the ceiling and goes, all right, everybody, put your mother hands down. <laughs> just straight off the bat, dropping the F-bombs. Yeah. He's great. He... he Appropriately stole that scene. He yes. was fantastic. <laughs> this was his first film, wasn't it? His first I believe so. Film. It's his first first yeah credited just major film role. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because because the other one, the other early one was Goodfellas, and that was the two years after this. That was nineteen ninety. Here's mm. a ah, yes. He's in one scene of that as again a really minor role. Mm. Um, and then next minute, Pulp Fiction. 
Yeah. yeah. With a little Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah, and Jurassic Park in between. Yeah. Where he just sat there smoking he's just, so he's, much. It's great. Yeah. He's um, great. But he, he's so baby-faced in this. It, yeah. He's so little. And now look at him. He's doing, like, TV sh- series for, like, Marvel. Marvel, yeah. He's doing Holy Secret crap. Invasion right now. How far he's come. Because he's mm. in his mid, late 70s, mid 70s? I don't know. How old is he? I think he's mid seventies. I think it came up in a podcast I was literally listening to today. Mm. Samuel L. Jackson is seventy four. There, there we you go. Mid seventies. Yeah. So he's about my dad's age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like because Harrison Ford's mid eighties and yeah, um, Tom Cruise is mid sixties. This this was not his first film role. Um, um, like first big. Big but one. yeah, his previous films, you'd be forgiven for maybe not knowing 1972's Together Four Days or 1981's Ragtime, where he played gang member number two. <laughs> <laughs> is that Ragtime based on the musical Ragtime? Uh, that is um, not based on the musical Ragtime. It's based on the historical novel Ragtime. Which is probably what the musical is based on. Anyway, yeah. carry on. Because musicals don't have their own plot. Yes. Some do, but very few. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and apologies. He was also in Eddie Murphy Raw, the stand-up was special. He, in, he was in Raw? He was in Raw. He played John Kelcourse. Okay. I've not seen Raw for a long time. Uh, yeah. I do oh, not remember I him being in it. I don't think I've seen it at all. But yeah, know. but in terms of like looking, they're, they're the only three credits he has in terms of films prior to coming to America. And then after that, it's Do the Right Thing, um, mm-hmm. The Exorcist 3, Goodfellas, um, Strictly Business, uh, Patriot Games. You know, you're starting to get. Oh, to... Patriot Games. Yeah. Yes, he was in that. And then Jurassic yeah. Park, True Romance, Pulp Fiction, and then yeah. from there, it's just every big film ever. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and there was a lot of actors who just turned up. Just Cuba Gooding Jr. getting his <laughs> yeah. haircut, not yeah. saying anything, just <laughs> hanging out in the barbershop. Yeah, boy getting haircut, and yet despite the fact that he was a child, looking almost exactly like adult Cuba Gooding, Cuba Gooding Jr. Jr. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. Adult Cuba Gooding Jr. does look like a child too. A little bit. But also yeah. like, because it's Eddie Murphy with the scissors there and obviously they have to do cuts. He is cutting and he is like inches, feet away from the curly hair that um, Cuba Gooding Jr. has got because obviously they can't actually get into it because then mm. they can't really do a retake, can they? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cuba Gooding would have been about 19 when they shot this. 19. Oh, Cuba 19 Jr. <laughs> yes. Cuba, Cuba very junior. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, there's this, it's a really great cast. Mm. Really, like, just a really well-told story. Costumes are amazing. Costumes are amazing. Except the crowns. The crowns are terrible. <laughs> the crowns Go on, Jason. are horrific. <laughs> All right. We're now moving on to uh, a new segment on this program, Crown Crown Watch. Watch. Yes. Um, um, Jason Dolly, you're our regular uh, re- resident crown expert. Am I? Yeah. You are now, not, I'm not a crown expert. I just know what grout looks like, and it looks <laughs> like grout. It literally looks like a bathroom thing. It really... It looked like the crown that the weird statue up in the northern suburbs looks like here. That, yes. that Poseidon statue. Oh, yeah. the, 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 it looks um, like a sand the Atlantis crown. thing from Two Rocks. Yes, yeah. yeah. It looks like they took it off that statue's head and put it this on James This is made Lachance. out of limestone. This looked like it was made out of limestone. It does not like look like... Little... It would be more porous if it was made out of limestone. No, but with like little rocks glued on. Yeah, it was. It. Yeah. yeah, it was. Some like, of the bits said... did look like coral. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, I'm sure the British probably stole a lot of the jewels as In well. fairness, yeah, yeah. Zamunda probably only had coloured rocks left, left over. Yeah. The military the uniforms, I was looking at it being like, so is this a country that was... Colonised? Colonised? They had the not? curly European wigs and yeah, the Yeah, they did. They yeah, did. the carriage. But whether that was a, um, like, just a wedding this choice. Is, this is mm. fancy. But all, yeah, there was like, a few a very, things. Yeah. I was like, is this a post-colonial... It is definitely post-colonial... Africa-type uh, thing, like... Like, were they colonised and they took the... Or is it a military dictatorship? 
Maybe. Is or is it, it just is, is it a, a junta? Or is it just a made up country for a film so that they can make All some that. jokes? Yeah, yeah. All that, yeah. yeah. Can't, can't start putting in the military dictatorship. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was legitimately looking at it like, okay, mm. so the British influence. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Intriguing. But whether that's just a general Western influence now. Yes. Mm. Like, well, yeah. yeah, by this by this time period, yeah. And I think it's very telling when you look at something like this from from 1988 and then 30 years later you look at the film that we kept comparing it to which was Black Panther, Black Panther yeah. and when you look at obviously I've seen The Last King of Scotland too yeah which is Idi Amin which is yeah. realistically much more of what his dad would have been like yeah mm. it's interesting though looking at like how what choices were made and obviously mm. I'm expecting a comedy film from this time period to maybe not have the same level of adherence to like representing African cultures as the Black Panther film that was made in 2018 like yeah. there are very different heads of production very different goals for these films mm. but it is quite telling having seen black panther previously and then coming back to this and going oh this is just generically what american people think of africa that don't yeah. have an experience of yeah. it um like the dance sequence yeah all the feathers and the beaded bikinis yeah and... which looked great and oh, yeah. was choreographed Visually, by paula abdul, paula abdul which yeah. is um you know great but did all... paula abdul do thriller as well then that's what yeah yeah mm. so I think yeah that's is that going to be part of the trivia? It, it might be. Um, <laughs> we shall see. Uh, but yes, um, it, 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 it lots did... Of, lots of really big visual set pieces. Yeah. Especially... It, but it was sort of like generically yeah. what we imagined. Although the front, of the, um, the front of the castle was very clearly fiberglass. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But, but things like the, the, the um, topless bathers... Um, who are with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, the like the, the Egyptian theme. Yes, themed. that's a very Egyptian look. And then yeah. we move on to, as you say, more of a Last King of Scotland vibe with James yeah. L. Jones's character. But there's a safari park going on outside. Yeah. And then the dancing is a and bit And there's a little kind West of safariness into some of their suits as yeah. well. Yeah, it, it, like it's, the, the, it's, the... It's very much, you know, the country of Africa is yeah, that yeah. kind of thing where people think Africa is just it's one, one place. One big, unanimous... Yeah. Everything's not, yeah. the same, yeah. I, I don't think they were... In no way do I think that they were doing this to be like disrespectful of African culture or anything like that. I just think they went, oh, he's from Africa. Where, well, we're going to make up a country, so it doesn't really matter. So we're just going to put everything in a puddle and then just mix yeah. it around and go, He could be is. from Chad. He could be from Swaziland. We don't actually care. It's just Eddie Murphy sometimes doing an accent so he can be a fish out of water. That's yeah. what it more feels like. Mm. It's more the vibe than yeah. the actual thing. Mm. Um. I'm just going through my notes, just seeing if we've missed anything. And I don't think we have. I think we've... That's pretty about it. For a, two, for a two-hour uh, film, there's not a lot to talk about. The dad? James L. Jones? No, um, the other dad. Um, oh, oh, Mr. McDowell. Mr. McDowell. McDowell. Clear McDowell. Clear McDowell. We haven't really talked about McDowell's as a... As an institution? She, as an institution. <laughs> they got what the golden arches. We got the golden arches. <laughs> yeah. I like how everybody had to dress Scottish in that too. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, they have the weird little, like... The Jimmy hats. The Jimmy hats, yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy hats. That takes me back. Good yeah. God. It was there in January. Oh. But um, the, yeah, I didn't, I, I yeah, as I said, the McDowell jokes were good. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was actually honestly seriously going, like, they, they're doing the McDowell thing so much. It's like, did Is McDonald's, McDonald's, did McDonald's actually pay for this? Like, you know that thing where it's like, sometimes you put yourself in a different light and like people just remember it so mm. much. Like, yeah. I feel like it did more for McDonald's. It's like, don't think about McDonald's. Don't think about McDonald's. Don't think about McDonald's. I'm thinking about McDonald's. Yeah. The and the fact that he's got the, he's got the McDonald's like manual for like how to run the business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> very funny. <laughs> it, it, it is well worth It's very silly. And yeah, it, it's, it's, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, this is a good performance, but it's not. 
it's not particularly funny. I think the funniest that John Amos was and when he is, fell over is when he fell over. And that's not a criticism of him as a performer. No, because uh, he's, he's he's a, also the serious thing. He's a yeah, he's a yeah. he's a thing to be overcome for most of it. Yeah, mm. but it, it, it I, I suppose and it's, it's also sometimes just a piece of shit. Like, yeah. oh, you stopped my um, place from being robbed. Um, come over to my house and we'll celebrate by you being the serving, like, <laughs> by you basically the by servant. you running the bar for yeah, us. Yeah, that was quite a good and joke. You can, you can, you can do the valet. But I suppose yeah. it was because a lot of it felt quite true to life mm. that maybe it didn't feel the what we expect from these comedies where it's the fish out of water because they're usually a bit more heightened. Yeah, like it was a subtle fish was, out of water, was, which yeah. is actually kind of nice. Yeah, like mm. weirdly realistic. Mm. Which like yeah. weirdly steeped in reality, considering that the first bit. Mm. Was, was so not. over the top and just like, oh, father, I just wish to go and, you know, live my life and not yeah. have somebody wipe my ass. You wish to sell your like, royal it's just so ridiculous. Oh, 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 oh. Like, it's just yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah, it starts very little mermaid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Daddy, I'm 21. I know what I want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 21. And it sure is not is. for somebody to watch me have my ass be wiped. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's... Very good joke, sir. Very good joke, sir, yes. Yeah. It's... Yes, 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 yes. It's it's fine. It's I think fine. you're right. Yeah, Jason. it's yeah. fine. It's it's a very silly, fun little movie. You yeah. can see why I enjoyed watching this as a kid because it's very funny. Yeah, it's just it was mm. it was there. Yeah. yeah, and for a joke that has topless women and uh, the word penis said up front, I think this is actually quite a good film for the whole family. Yes, and a lot of f bombs. They get them out very quickly in terms yeah. of the. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can do. A I don't know how old I was when I first saw this, but I would say I would probably have been in primary school. Yeah, because my brother would have been like probably early high school watching this or maybe a little bit younger because he's three years older than me. Yeah. It, so. Unless, unless, I don't know, there were edits for TV. Might have been, but I don't remember if there was. I'd have to go find the VHS tape. It will be at my yeah. parents' house still. <laughs> it will yeah. be at my parents' house still along yeah. with their 20 VHS players. And it's interesting because it, it is an M-rated comedy. Yeah. Like that, that's the classification here in Australia. Yeah. And that's... It, that feels about right. It almost feels maybe a little bit high if you just you, didn't if, have... you, if you cut out some of the nudity and maybe gotten rid of one of the. F- I think well, there was quite a few. There was actually quite. There a were few quite f- a few. There were quite a few. Yeah. Actually, no, they're all kind of clustered. Yeah, you, you, a cluster, you, f- if you will. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They Sam- walked right into that one. Yes. yes. Yeah, Samuel. You just need Samuel Jackson to walk in and go. This is a robbery, and then get tripped. That, yeah, yeah. This that is would, a robbery. <laughs> that would basically solve a lot of the issues. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It's fine. Yeah. I think that's all there's, we can there's say. There's nothing really yeah. else to say. No. Unless yeah. we had some trivia about it. Well, we well luckily, I, I do have some. So would you like to hear some trivia about coming to America? I'd love ah, to hear some trivia. Late. No, okay. <laughs> well, never mind. No. All right, go for it. Okay. All of this trivia comes from IMDb's. If it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, beginning with... After the makeup and clothing was applied for the Jewish character, Saul, Eddie Murphy wanted to test the makeup and costume out. He got a golf cart and drove from one studio department to another in the Paramount lot. He would get out of the cart and say in his regular voice, Hi, I'm Eddie Murphy, and no one believed him. (laughs) Good way of testing it. Uh, This was the first time that Eddie Murphy played the multiple characters in the same film, Mm. uh, which would become a trademark of his 90s comedies. His inspiration for this was Peter Sellers from Doctor Strangelove. That we, makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. it's Peter Sellers' fault for the clumps, <laughs> meet the clumps or yeah. whatever that second one was. <laughs> for Norbert. Called. Yes. Oh, meet the clumps, Jesus. Um, <laughs> oh, that was the thing that existed. <laughs> there were five lawsuits over the movie. After I just remember Adam really. Sandler did that for a while too. What, played lots of different characters? Yeah, didn't he do Jack and Jill? He did Jack and Jill. 
Yeah. Well, he did that. He did Jack a couple Jill, of things. Yeah. Which was like jumping on the bandwagon after the wheels had already fallen off. But mm. yeah. As he yeah, jumped on the bandwagon after the invention of space travel. Yeah. <laughs> There were five lawsuits over the movie after its release. The only one that actually went to court was when the humorist and columnist Art Buckwald sued Paramount, alleging that Paramount took an option on his story, but then took his script idea and turned it into this movie. Buckwald won and was awarded damages. Paramount settled for about $150,000. Writers David Sheffield and Barry W. Ballstein have claimed that they took most of the blame for this since they wrote the script on their own, not knowing that the idea was stolen, yet afterwards they were falsely accused of stealing the screenplay, which they think may have cost them membership uh, of the Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences. Oh, yeah. Not a fun bit of trivia. No. But a notable one. There are a few uh, people falling out things that came from this film. Yes, because Landis and uh, Murphy fell out. They did, which we'll get to towards the end of this trivia. Um, Most of the dance performed by the royal dancers uh, before presenting to Prince Akeem's queen-to-be is a high-tempo rendition of the thriller dance. Mm. Uh, Because John Landis directed the music video Mm. for um, Thriller. Hey, Paula, do you know how to do this? (laughs) Let's let's do this. But you were saying it looked like kind of like 80s jazzercise? Oh, it's definitely got massive 80s jazz style stuff coming through. Mm. Um, Part of which was influenced by... Um, a lot of the work that what Bob Fosse was doing on Broadway um, really, really influenced jazz and modern dance around this time. And then, obviously, with the advent of the music video, mm. that was like a whole other thing because they were all kind of informing each other. So you had like your musical theatre stuff, which was like Fosse, but that was being informed by like dances that were being done in clubs, which was informing things that were happening in music videos. And they were all kind of talking to each other at the same time in that very small, weird, enclosed space that is New York and Broadway and, you mm. know, music videos and stuff. So, yeah, weird time. Interesting, interesting stuff. Mm. Yeah. According to John Landis, it was his idea to have Eddie Murphy wear makeup to play a Jewish man as a form of payback for Jewish comedians wearing blackface in the early 1900s. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Yeah, writer okay. Barry uh, Blaustein. I believe I may have called him Ballstein earlier, which I apologise. Yeah, you did for. call him Ballstein. You yeah. did call him Ballstein. Sorry, Barry Blaustein. Blaustein uh, consulted with his father for what a Jewish man would actually say. I'm going to assume because it doesn't say that Blaustein st- Senior is Jewish. It doesn't actually. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh, Dad, do you know what Jew- Jewish people say? Yeah, I've got a rough idea. I think <laughs> I'm assuming his father was a Jewish man. Uh, John Landis had, according to this piece of trivia, a bad reputation, which is a very, very soft way of saying manslaughter charges. Yes. Uh, Because um, he he directed a number of flops and then had directed the Twilight Zone movie in 1983, specifically the sequence which killed three actors oh. uh, with the it was um, it was Vic Morrow and two child actors were mm. killed when oh. they were reenacting a Vietnam War sequence and a helicopter clashed with some cabling and fell and crushed the actors oh yeah. wow yeah. wow wow yeah. when was this? in 1983 well mm. 1982 I think it would have been shot God. the film came out in 83 um, yeah but yet, did you not know about no, this? No, I've yeah. literally never heard of this. It was this. a huge scandal because Vic Morrow was a very famous actor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who was in yeah. his 50s, 60s. when It's he was like famous. the Alec Baldwin thing that's going on now. Yeah. yeah. But like that one, but that's like because if, somebody from Supernatural was in that. Yeah. Movie. But it'd be like if Alec Baldwin dropped a helicopter that decapitated Vic Morrow Ooh. on someone. Like he, he got, they, they got killed instantly and John Landis 
went through a court case, didn't get um, any jail Convicted, time for yeah. it. But there were Jesus. basically the reason there is a lot more health and safety on film sets is because, because of this of case. That. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if a couple of kids got crushed by a helicopter, yeah, Jesus, yeah, it was pretty horrific. Mm. Um, and yet he was not only did he, you know, not get jailed for that but mm. he came back and continued working and made coming to america as one of the things yeah. um in an interview with i mean po- there's been a lot yeah. of men do a lot of terrible things in hollywood and go on and continue to make films for a long time yeah so you know uh, yeah but i i feel like that crushing children with a helicopter should be <laughs> it's up there yeah, should be yeah. It's pretty bad it's, yeah. yeah even if it's not him directly it was the fact that there were unsafe working conditions that he knew yeah. about or they yeah. purport that he knew about mm. in an interview with playboy eddie murphy said of landis quote yes He'd done four f***ed up movies in a row, and I knew he'd spent a lot of his money on the trial. I went to Paramount and said I wanted to use Landis, but they had reservations. His career was f***ed up, but I said, I'm going to use Landis. I like the guy. I used to always say that the one fun experience I had with a director, and I've worked with some really great directors, was with Landis. Because he plays around a lot on set, I made Paramount hire him. End quote. Mm. Wow. And then they fell out during it. And then it. they fell out then during fell it, out yeah. But then they, they did get long enough to do one of the Beverly Hills Cops, too. Yeah, number three. Three. Yeah. Um, speaking of Eddie Murphy making demands, uh, one of his demands was to include a $1,500 a week for his personal trainer. Um, no, we have to be poor. For his round-the-clock chauffeur service, a valet, and an additional $1,000 a week for his brother, Charlie Murphy, to appear as his stand-in. Uh, yeah. Okay. Righto. Um, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall did play multiple characters in this film, as you yes. may have noticed. We have discussed. Um, they spent three to four hours in makeup for those characters for their cameo mm. roles. During pre-production, the makeup artist Rick Baker uh, made live casts of the actors' faces and then constructed clay facial sculptors onto which he moulded the foam rubber appliances that the actors wore, in addition to their pair, eyebrows, moustaches, etc. Mm. Uh, Baker would go on to work with Eddie Murphy as his prosthetics artist for... The Nutty Professor, Life, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, and Norbit. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, Rick got some pretty good work out of, out of this <laughs> first film. Um, all of the scenes filmed in New York City were completed in February 1988. Production then moved to L.A. Um, Prince Hakeem's palace, bedroom, bath, and dressing rooms were built on stage 18 at Paramount Pictures. Mm. But Eddie Murphy reportedly refused to come to California to shoot the party at the McDowell's house because he had seen... An Orson Welles documentary claiming an old prophecy by Nostradamus that California would be hit by earthquakes later that week. Director John Landis solved the problem by having Murphy come in early, shoot a lot of close-ups with him, and then film the rest of the party without him. Oh, with his brother. (laughs) Yeah, Charlie Murphy. (laughs) Production was on schedule and came in at its budget of $30 million. The earthquake never happened. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Uh, now, the final bit of trivia, which is to do with Landis and Murphy falling yeah. out. Uh, they had become friends when they worked on trading places. Mm. Uh, they reportedly got into a fist fight during this shoot. <laughs> Accounts vary, with some saying that both men were taking turns uh, making your mama jokes at each other until one of them pushed it too far. Others claim that Real Landis remi- Others claimed that Landis reminded Murphy he still had to pay the writers, Sheffield and Blaustein, mm. and that Murphy then playfully grabbed Landis in a chokehold. Uh, this got out of hand because Landis was still angry at Murphy for not testifying on his behalf during the trial <laughs> for the Twilight Zone <laughs> oh, movie manslaughter. Uh, 
Um, filming was halted for a while until the writers intervened and had both men make up, uh, even though they only vowed to work to finish the movie and would no longer be friends afterwards. They only communicated through intermediaries, and later, it, when uh, Murphy appeared on the Arsenio Hall show, uh, he was asked if he would work with Landis again. Murphy famously stated that Vic Morrow had a better chance of working with Landis again. <laughs> Six years later... They work together. Murphy asked Landis to direct Beverly Hills Cop Street. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, happy the, the The fickle hand of fate. You know, I don't want to be friends with that guy that should have probably gone to jail for manslaughter. Oh, but he is really good at directing films. Yeah. I'll get him to do this bad. Yeah. He, he isn't bad, like, although didn't seem to work out how to end this film. Yeah, this film it just, just ends. It just... Vroom. It's yeah. look. It's not the most abrupt or weird ending to a film that I've seen for this podcast. No, True. but it's I quite. think that goes to the Apple with yes, Monty Python and the Holy Grail being a close second. Yes, but but the Apple and indeed Holy Grail sit in their own sort of absurdist film yeah. areas. Whereas this is a well, bit well. This more, one just was kind of like they go and then it's like just cuts up with she other just, pictures. She just of turns Murphy. up in a fluffy pink dress and it's like yeah. nah, and that's the end of the film. Yeah. Okay. And you know what? <laughs> yeah, so, it's like, oh, well, if you annoyed at me, yes, because you could fix that problem. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Everybody's happy. We got yeah, married. It's no, great. More, no more dialogue. It is a Shakespeare play. It is. It yeah. is a Shakespeare play. It gets the end. The people get married. They're happy. Everybody's happy. We're having a great time. Yeah. If, if, yeah. Mm. You, the only unrealistic thing is that she has lines at the end because female characters in Shakespeare plays, once they get married, they don't they say don't anything. They don't have any lines. They don't say anything anymore. Does she have any lines? Yeah, because they had that says, conversation where he's nah. like, yeah, where That's he goes like, it. oh, you do want to give it up again. Yes. We could give up the whole kingdom if you want. Nah. Very yeah. articulate. And somewhere out there, a young Meghan Markle watched oh, this film God. and went, I will do that one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're doing that, are we? <laughs> Stephen is. He's British. He's allowed. Yeah, true. Yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> and it avenue, is my cultural yeah, birthright. Yeah, an avenue for me to discuss something I literally couldn't care less about. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Such is British tabloid. Indeed. Mm. Uh, but with all that being said, it is time to score this film. And Jason, mm. you get to go first because uh, it was your first time watching Coming to America. It was. What score would you give it out of 10? I would give it five and a half dead animals over your shoulder. <laughs> mm. I mean, that line was I, I wanted to give it to the crowns, but we'd already talked about the crowns. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what about yourself, Ellen? Um, I'm going to give it six rose petal throwing people out of ten. Mm. It's very silly. Would you want Feather to be one of them? Yeah. The lady yeah, just, feather, just yeah. I love the fact that her name is Feather. That's feather. just delightful. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a very silly film. It's just it's it's silly. It's 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 fun. It's just silly. Yeah. It's silly. It's, it's not it's not yeah. something to take very seriously. No. I feel like we've done some quite serious, like deep analysis of this film. I don't think that that's what this film is for. <laughs> no, but that's, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I think it's fun. Yeah, I, I think there, I think I think there's some problems with it. I think some of the editing. I think some of the editing is a bit janky. America, America too. Yeah, going to America. Yeah. yeah, not coming to America, but yeah. coming to some of the editing is a bit janky. I was noticing watching it this time. I'm like, mm. oh, that's a bit of a the cut there. Was a bit. Yeah, no, black. What is this? <laughs> it was also very much designed for TV because there's these oh, points yeah. where it's like the scene ends and it just goes to black. Yep, and comes back up. Yeah, yeah. so that or it's a play. Love that. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few films that I taped off the TV as a kid where when I watch that I'm like and advert. Yeah, I just watched Last I, Cru- Crusade. Yeah, and the one where the, like the tank falls off and yeah. then there's a cut. Yeah, and then there's the rest of that joke as well. I'm like, oh, I can see why you'd put it there, but also, yeah, mm. Mm. yeah. There's a few very specific films that, yeah, 
And I could I could just about probably recite the adverts that they had in the Once game yeah. as well. to, to any people younger than like 20 listening to this, this was a thing that happened. We're not making it up. No. And, yes, when you when you talk to your elders, <laughs> they will talk, talk about talk loudly. Yes, you know the, you know they the, will occasionally go advert. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that I remember, I, I, I read a thing which was about that whole you know people like young people today will never understand you know you're at the other end of the house getting something out of the kitchen or you're in the, the toilet or whatever and it's like it's coming back on and you come bolting out the other end of the house like no I don't want to miss it because the adverts are stuffing because you could always tell when it was the last advert yeah. like you could time it. Mm. It's yeah. like it's back on again. No. Usually, because in Australia at least, it was an advert for yes. another show mm. on the thing. It was mm. always that was always the last one. Yeah, coming yeah. up on ten, and you're like, yeah, Shit, yeah. You've like, oh, seconds. you've got fifteen seconds. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, wonderful. Um, excellent. But my royal wiper isn't done. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you going to give it out of ten, Stephen? For me, um, I kind of feel like this is. Not a great Just problem. fine. It's just it's so fine. fine. And that's okay. Uh, mm. it, it's okay that it's fine. Um, could have been funnier. Uh, but <laughs> but also... It's pretty really damning and diamond for a comedy <laughs> film. <laughs> but, but allow me to follow up with, it also could have been worse. a lot worse. Oh, yeah. I feel like this is actually maybe a film that benefits a little bit from not being funny for its time because the humor hasn't necessarily aged out some of it has yeah. like the um the 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 priest character yeah mm. um the sort of sweaty rick james character that, that yeah. eddie murphy plays that we get that the audience don't like him and it's very awkward <laughs> like same yeah and we're like yeah we okay but why give him we... another round of applause yeah. and just the most lukewarm yeah and it's like, like well, but why do we clapping? have to watch all of this as well you yeah. know yeah. <laughs> it is a bit odd but um it's it's it's. I wouldn't say run away from it. That's probably the way to put it. Mm. I would say like if it's on, absolutely give it a watch. Um, and yeah, we may even do coming to America the yeah. sequel at some point. Have you seen I ha- it? I haven't seen it. Should we do a reverse train spotting? Yeah. What well, you're going to go away and watch? I'll go watch coming to America. <laughs> you go watch coming to America, and then I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't imagine any of these jokes are going to be When did it come out? It came out like a couple of years ago. 2020. Oh, yeah. holy. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll line it up for a, bit, a, bit, a little way down because yeah. uh, I, I feel like Jason may need a couple of wild horses to drag him to watch yeah. the sequel first. <laughs> uh, but for me, I'm going to give this film five and a half sweat from a baboon's balls out of ten. Uh, because, or 2021, sorry. There you go. Yeah. Because that was also a very funny line. There's some good ones in there. Yes. Mm. Um, that's it. Just make it nice and yeah. neat. So, uh, with That'd all be $8. Everything costs $8 in this film. The taxis cost $8. The haircuts cost $8. Mm. Everything costs $8. Yeah. It's just a good go-to line. Yeah. Feels, feels mm. about right. Yeah. Uh, so, Ellen, Jason, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me to watch Coming to America. Thanks for thank having you. me. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Uh, we got more films coming up, and you know one of them will be Coming to America yeah. at some point. Eventually. Um, but yes, when when can I hear this film? I really want to know what they think of the sequel to Coming to America. Well, you're just going to have to subscribe and wait for that episode to drop. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, however you get your podcasts, subscribe there. And one week in the future, you will look in your phone and you will see Coming to America and you will rejoice. <laughs> um, and we might not. Yes. Well, you never know. There's also uh, our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. Um, look, 
royal arse wipers don't pay for themselves. Uh, so please donate your dollar a month so that I can continue living in the manner to which I am accustomed. Uh, and finally, there is our Facebook page. Um, uh, you know, Facebook's a thing. I know they do threads now. Nah, not interested. I'm sorry. I found my social media platform and apparently it's a Facebook page. So uh, if you want to go on there, uh, give it a like, follow for news and updates, that sort of thing, uh, and enjoy. But that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. 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 You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.